BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Holiday gatherings and travel fueled a surge of Omicron cases in California. Now COVID hospitalization rates are ticking up too. Here's KQED's Kevin Stark with more. California shattered previous records for new daily coronavirus cases this week, and the state's test positivity rate is higher than it's been. In most places around the state, hospitalizations remain much lower than earlier surges, thanks to vaccinations and a milder variant. But hospital numbers rose in nearly all Bay Area counties over the past two weeks. San Francisco reports more than 100 COVID hospitalizations, a level the city hasn't experienced since September's Delta wave, but nowhere near its peak. Los Angeles and other counties in Southern California recorded big spikes in the number of people in their hospitals with coronavirus. But health officials there say many patients learned they were COVID positive incidentally, only after being admitted for another reason. With many health workers falling ill, or quarantining, county health officials say they are concerned about having the staff to run hospitals. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. In San Diego, the city's fire department has implemented an emergency staffing plan as more than 130 firefighters isolate after testing positive for COVID-19. The fire department has closed several units each day since the new year to compensate for the staffing issues. Fire Chief Colin Stowell tells KPBS in San Diego they're still focused on keeping communities safe. By us going into this with a plan, and picking the units that we're going to close down, we're trying to ensure that the response times are not significantly impacted and they see longer wait times. We have made sure that there are units in those fire stations that can still respond to those emergencies. Stowell says he expects the number of firefighters who test positive for COVID to continue to increase in the weeks ahead. One other issue that could make things more difficult, the deadline for San Diego City employees, including firefighters, to get vaccinated was this past Monday. That means employees who are not fully vaccinated or have not been granted a medical or religious exemption could be terminated. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast 
with an S. Thanks. And in other news, yes, yes, it's rained and snowed a lot recently, but not enough to make a big dent in the drought. So state water officials are asking Californians to cut back on unnecessary water use or face fines. KQED's Ezra David Romero explains. Water regulators have asked for 15% water cutbacks, but Californians are saving less than half of that. So the state water board has approved new drought regulations prohibiting things like spraying down sidewalks or washing cars with a running hose. State climatologist Michael Anderson says one month of rainy, snowy weather isn't enough to strike out two years of drought. After we get through this weather system this week, things go dry and the expectations are uh, drier than average January, February and March. Water wasting violations could bring up to $500 fines, but enforcement is primarily up to local agencies. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero. Cal Fire investigators have determined that a Pacific gas and electric power line sparked last summer's destructive Dixie Fire in the Northern Sierra. KQED's Dan Brecky has more. Cal Fire said in a brief statement that the blaze began July 13th after a tree came into contact with a power line in the Feather River Canyon. PG&D has admitted it took 10 hours after the first indication of problems with the line for a worker to reach the spot and investigate. By that time, a small fire had begun to spread up a steep, heavily wooded slope in the canyon. The blaze burned 960,000 acres of forest land, wiped out one small town, and destroyed 1,300 structures before it was fully contained three and a half months later. Cal Fire said it has turned its findings over to the Butte County District Attorney's Office, which joined the investigation into the fire's cause last summer. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. State lawmakers and gun control advocates are pushing for legislation that would let private citizens and government agencies sue gun makers and dealers for the harm their products cause. Governor Gavin Newsom called for similar legislation in December, and New York State enacted its own law last summer. San Francisco Assemblyman Phil Ting plans to introduce a bill in the spring. This is all about making sure the industry is accountable for the products that they are putting on the streets every single day. The National Rifle Association has condemned the effort and has vowed to fight it. The 2005 Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act protects gun producers and dealers from civil liability unless they break state laws, like endangering people's safety. The proposed legislation builds on this exception. Hotel workers in the city of West Hollywood now earn the highest minimum wages in the country. That's thanks to a new local law. As KCRW's Benjamin Godley reports, it's part of a package of wage hikes in West Hollywood that outpaced the state's official minimum wage. California's minimum wage now sits at $15 per hour for all businesses with more than 25 employees. But local leaders in West Hollywood don't believe that's enough. They passed an ordinance last November of their own that goes beyond the state's pay requirements. Requirements that, by the way, are among the most generous in the nation. Starting this month, West Hollywood hotel workers must be paid a minimum of $17.64. That will also be the minimum wage for all workers in July of next year. Until then, there are some other pay increases, too, that exceed California's statewide mandates. That includes, starting this month, $15 for all businesses and $15.50 for West Hollywood businesses with 50 or more employees. 
Before West Hollywood, it was Emeryville that held the nation's highest minimum wage rate, $17.13 for all workers in that city's limits. For the California Reports, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Los Angeles. This week, the California legislature reconvenes. Yesterday on the show, we spoke to State Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon, a Democrat, about the legislative year ahead and his party's priorities. Today, we get a Republican view from the other house of the state legislature. It comes from Scott Wilk, the leader of the Republican caucus in the state Senate. We started by asking the senator about Republican goals for this session. So obviously we're, we're, in, the, we're in the super minority, so it, it is difficult to, to have an impact. I believe we did last legislative session. Uh, we were able to press the governor with, with help from some of our Democratic allies in the legislature to do some things that maybe he didn't want to do or did bigger than he wanted to do. Uh, this year, I really see our goals is, is twofold. One, restoring the constitutional balance of power, making the legislative branch co-equal with the, with the governor's office. Uh, you know, when we granted him the emergency powers, uh, we did it reluctantly. And we did it based upon the information that we were given at the time by Dr. Galley, who said that the coronavirus was highly infectious and we should expect 25 million Californians to come down with it. And out of those 25 million, 3 million were gonna die. That's what we are armed with. And obviously you have to give the executive some flexibility in order to, to meet a crisis, but clearly that's not come to fruition. And it's really time to, to, to rein that power in and restore our rightful voice in the process. You know, I understand why my Democratic colleagues didn't want to do it last year. You know, we're in the midst of a recall, didn't want to embarrass him. But I, I really hope that we will stand up and, and, and do the right thing because we all benefit from better balance in gov government. So that's one. And number two, you know, protect the taxpayers. We had an unbelievable budget year last year to the shock of all. Uh, looks like it's going to happen again this year. And we want to make investments in, in things that matter. You know, we've got we've got the GAN limit. And so under the GAN limit, uh, we can rebate money back to taxpayers. We can invest in, in public education, which I'm supportive of, although I'd like to see some reforms. And we can do one-time infrastructure. Let's talk about raw numbers and clout. There are 120 seats combined between the Assembly and the Senate. Uh, in the Assembly, 28 seats uh, are held by Republicans. In your House, the Senate... 40 seats. There are nine Republicans. So given those numbers, what can you accomplish? And, and please don't take offense, but do Republicans matter? When I got up here, I was at, at 14, then 11, and then nine. And, and, and clearly there's a big difference. When we were at 14, we worked with moderate Dems and we, kill, we killed a lot of stuff. When we were at 11, less so. Uh, and then last year at nine, really the only kind of the most egregious bills I would like to see a center-right coalition where we actually can pass stuff. Uh, that does not exist today. So the first step toward that, though, to be honest with you, was the redistricting process. As you know, we have an independent citizens commission that does it. Uh, they do it every 10 years. And if you look at the California Target Book and you look at other, uh, other entities that track this, they show that Senate Republicans going plus three uh, under the present map. Uh, our data shows us the ability to go plus four. And if we could get up 13, 14, boom, all, all of a sudden, we can kill a lot more stuff. And then that, get, that does give us a seat at the table. What would be your advice then to Republicans running this year? First of all, talk to everybody. Uh, I mean, I think that's one of the things that we've not done well at. You know, 
need to connect with people and then talk to them about the issues they care about. I think too many times, too many of, of my compadres want to relitigate issues they've already lost instead of taking it to our issues that, that we can we can win. So, mm-hmm. you know, transparency and accountability in government, really becoming serious about addressing, you know, the homelessness, wildfires, water storage, educational reform. I mean, there's all kinds of things that I think we prevail on that I think more voters agree with us than not. All right. That is State Senator Scott Wilk, leader of the Republican caucus in the state Senate. Senator Wilk, thanks for joining us on the California Report. Thanks for having me and and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, January 5th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and talk tomorrow. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. Stanford Medicine protecting your health and providing defendable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org slash adaptingcare. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs>